coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzsaw Movies. I'm Teddy. I am Matt. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> And there's that car again. Yeah, it's yeah, going off. It's Great. the buzzsaw. It's a buzzsaw. <laughs> that is the sound of the buzzsaw in the background. Um, and it, you know what that means. It's time to revisit our favorite series, Saw. <laughs> uh, and we have a special <laughs> challenge for ourselves today, somewhat in the in fitting with the way that Jigsaw challenges people to their furthest reaches of their potential. Right. Um, <laughs> we're going to try to watch all... Eight movies that are out right now. <laughs> uh, sort um, of a, <laughs> a celebration of the Halloween season that's about to come upon us. And like two days. Yeah. Three yeah. Days. By the time by the time this is out, it'll be September. Um, we like to get started extra early on Halloween. So yeah. it's gonna be really popping off here. <laughs> this is <laughs> We thought this would be a great way to kick things off. And also, in fitting with what we said on the last podcast, you know, in troubling times like these, stick with what you know. And we sure know this series. Uh, So it's going to be interesting. You're going to hear us reacting at the end of every movie that we watch. Uh, (laughs) This whole thing should take, according to... um, According to Binge Clock, this should take 12 hours and 51 minutes. So it should be pretty interesting. It's about 12.30 right now. So so there's no way we're done before midnight. Let's start there. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. When uh, I did 12 hours of Texas Chainsaw, it, was, it took 15 hours total with like a few pauses to go make drinks and things like that. And like uh, some breaks in between because at one point I had to cook. So, you know, like I had to eat food, it turns out. Um, <laughs> Eating food? So, Come um, on. So I'm expecting this will take... I mean, I didn't finish that until four in the morning. And I started... But I started at like, I guess one. So we're not that far ahead of the game this time. Never mind. I thought maybe <laughs> we were early, but we're not. <laughs> well, we're getting a little bit of a head start. We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it should be an interesting experience. Um, we're going to let you know what we think of the films and of our experience getting through them. At some point, we're going to start making some thematic cocktails, so we'll tell you about those. Uh, right now, we're starting with coffee because we need to get <laughs> get our energy up. Coffee, yeah. A lot. So uh, with that, we'll see you after saw. We'll see you after saw. <laughs> Okay, so that was Saw. Uh, we, we just finished Saw. It's two yeah. thirty now, um, and so far so good. Uh, I really like this movie. As always, uh, it's always fun to watch again. Uh, yeah, so far so good. But it's way too early to be saying so far so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, one movie, and it's one of the easily best ones that we're gonna watch today. So definitely, uh, and one of the more like the least stomach churning so uh, yeah we are, you know we are, we've got a ways to go so there's not a lot of gore in this one uh i really appreciate 
uh, for this watch through. I appreciated the like how intricate the storyline was, how it's told through all the like the different flashbacks and like interconnecting characters' storylines. Uh, right, it's yeah. so, really impressive. Yeah, it's interesting. You get like flashbacks and like maybe a character has a flashback inside of a flashback. There's just like all sorts of like layers of what's happening at any given time. Um, so it's really it is a very intricately told story, and we don't necessarily get that quite as much later on. Yeah, uh, but it's the, you definitely get to see some of that influence in the later ones, but it's more about how uh, like the lore gets built up between like different characters' actions affecting stuff that happens in the later movies. Um, but yeah, there's not really this intense structured plotting that happens in the later films. It's a little more straightforward. Right, and I mean, there is, like, tight plot... I mean, tight might be the wrong word. There is, like, structured <laughs> plotting, but it's, like, it's not, like... The way it's told isn't necessarily as complicated. Right. Uh, one thing we focused on a lot in this watch-through was the interior design <laughs> of some <laughs> of these settings. Uh, specifically, uh, Dr. Gordon's apartment, which appears to be almost all curtains... There are just so many curtains. It's just like layers of drapes and curtains everywhere, and I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> Even the bedspread appears to be a curtain, perhaps. It's like crisp velvet <laughs> curtain. Just like, <laughs> imagine sleeping on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, there's the there's the weird motel room that he goes to where he's having his affair, and it's like it's all like this drab red that looks. That like this, I feel like this color shows up almost everywhere in this movie. This drab red color, and then it's got like these strange glass fixtures and stuff. I'm like, this is supposed to be a seedy motel, but it looks like I don't know. It, it I don't. It looks like a brothel or something. It I so yes, it looks a lot like brothel. Like the red is clearly supposed to be like lust and danger, but like. I mean, it's still, like, CD because it's, like, it, there's a vague sense that, like, the paint could peel at any moment. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of peeling paint. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... and parking garage for it is, like, <laughs> the worst parking garage in the entire world. <laughs> the parking garage is so strange. It seems like, like there's kind of a sloped roof to it. It seems like it's either in an old warehouse or, like, a barn or something. <laughs> In a bar, it's actually the barn that we see in Jigsaw later. Um, it's oh no! Um, Came but, full circle there. Yes, we did. It's it really is like it's a very strange parking garage. There's like gang graffiti everywhere. Which, by the way, this is like the only movie in which gang graffiti makes like a strong appearance, like in Saw. Um, oh yeah, every scene like, has gang graffiti in it, and there's like there's gang graffiti in Jigsaw's hideout. It's in like Cap's apartment. Yes. And I think Adam's apartment too. And well, it's definitely in the garage as well. Not shocking that it's in Adam's apartment, which looks to be like the worst apartment that anyone has ever owned. Like <laughs> it's like dirty, paint's peeling everywhere. You know there are cockroaches everywhere. Like it's such an aesthetic though. Like I feel like if I could live anywhere in this movie, it would be Adam's apartment. Yeah, I don't want to live in like curtain shop. Like, um, <laughs> but like Adam's apartment is like, first of all, he has multiple rooms, which is really impressive for somebody who like maybe takes photographs every night, but maybe doesn't. 
Um, <laughs> like he has, cause he has like, you know, a dark room. He has presumably a bedroom. I actually don't know. Maybe he just sleeps in the living room, but he definitely has a separate kitchen. Um, yeah. Looks quite sizable. Maybe I'm just like comparing it to New York, but like it, it looks pretty big. Um, so the overall architectural experience of Saw is an interesting thought. Um, <laughs> and there's more to think about that as the movies go on, obviously. Um, you know, the bathroom. The bathroom is a very interesting design. Um, yeah, we focused a lot on the bathroom in this one. Uh, we couldn't quite nail down what type of bathroom this is. Like, it's supposed to be like an industrial type bathroom, but it has a bath in it. <laughs> like a, a false standing bathtub. Like, why is there a bathtub there? <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, have you ever been in like a, a warehouse or something where there's a, a full bath in the bathroom? And then there's like, so there's urinals there. There's a, a seated toilet and there's a bath, but there's no like stall dividers or anything in there. <laughs> And it's like, there's a, the two urinals are like so close to one another that if two people are using them at the same time, you're like playing footsie. Like, <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to come up with the scenario in which you'd be using this bathroom. Like you come in to use one of the urinals, you're, you're just going to take a pee, but then you look over and you see somebody like three feet from you taking a shit. <laughs> And then you look up further, and there's somebody taking a bath. With, like, a lush bath bomb. <laughs> Just, like, sudsing it up, washing he, under their arms. Meanwhile, the the next warehouse employee comes in and just needs to rinse out their eyes, because they got something in their eyes in the warehouse. <laughs> and they're like, hey, guys, I'm just done. Just casual date work here at the uh, abandoned mannequin factory, you know. This is not at the abandoned mannequin. <laughs> Who nope. knows? They're they're all connected somehow. Right, because the sewers run through every part of town here, or whatever. What does he say? What does um, yes. Detective Saps, Detective Tap say at one point? He's like, the Detective sewer lines. Tap says, <laughs> yeah, the sewers run through this part of town too, Doctor. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? He's being very shady for some completely unknown reason. He's just a shady character. He is like, he, he's always like up to something. It seems very nefarious. <laughs> There's a lot of shadiness in this. Well, I think we're about at 10 minutes now. I think so. So we're going to wrap this up. We'll be back when we finish Saw 2. Saw and 2. Yeah, oh, yes. looking forward to this one. The Trap Good. House one. Good. Travel. All right. See you later. See you later. All right. Well, here we are again. Uh, we just finished Saw 2. Saw 2. We did it. Yeah. Uh, it was a smooth watch. You know, uh, I like this installment again. The first two, I think, are really good. Not a lot bad can be said about them. Right. Um, we, we are only about to wade into the, the murky waters. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this one was really fun. I love this one. Uh, I think we've discussed it. I think it's my personal favorite. So mm -hmm. I really, really like this movie. I've seen it more than the first one, I know. Um, just love it. Big fan. Big it's fan. It's lots of fun. The structure's really cool. I like that they're, like, all in that 
one house going through the different traps. I like They're the twist at the together. end. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but so this went well, but already like it's four thirty now. We're starting to we're starting to get the sense that this is going to be a long haul here. It's going to be an so, all night affair, probably. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be this is going to be something to uh, something to survive. He, our will is being tested right now. Your will is being tested. Your will to live is being tested. Um, so what are we should talk about things that are new, what we newly noticed this movie. Um, and this isn't a new notice for me, but I just want to say that for moving forward, I'm going to be recapping the various properties that Jigsaw owns or has <laughs> exclusive access to. Yes. So to recap from the first movie, he had a, an abandoned mannequin factory in K2K gang territory. Of course. Um, yes. He also owned a large industrial bathroom from hell. We find out more about where that is, but it's just all we know in the first movie is that it's his bathroom at the end of an extensive sewer system for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bathroom like connected to tunnels, you know, like the stuff that already exists. Probably it's literally a bathroom for the sewer people or something. Cause remember that this is the sewer tunnels. So it's like at the end of the first movie, you're left with like, this is the toilet for sewer people. Like, Those poor it, sewer people. <laughs> well, that's why the that's why the toilet hadn't been flushed in a while in the first movie. Um, <laughs> oh God! In the second movie, we find out in the twist ending. It's not really a twist yet, but it's kind of a fun little throwback. We go back to the bathroom and we find out that it's in the basement of the large house that Jigsaw owns and is using for the trap game in his. It's a trap Second, house. And it's a trap house, and it is just a very large, very decrepit house. Um, and it underneath it is a series of tunnels that takes you to the bathroom. So this complicates the sewer people um, angle of this bathroom. Right. I will like, say that <laughs> the toilet gets flushed between the first and second movies. They do a brief overview, and there's not shit in the toilet. In the oh, good. Movie, I'm so. glad someone went through and um, cleaned up a little bit. Although not yeah. not too much, because there's still dead bodies lying around. Oh, no. They're like, uh, those are aesthetic. Um, And so one thing we also learn about Jigsaw in his ownership of this trap house is that he really does have an eye for detail. Um. He decorates this house like in the needle pit trap. He like puts like baby toys all over the room. And like there's like a one, two, three ABC drawn on the wall. And I like to think he did that himself. Uh, yeah, you know? that was where he was teaching Hoffman how to read. Hoffman uh, had to learn somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. He goes to a lot like he like puts a bunch bunch of pictures up, but like tilts them all. You know, <laughs> they're all at, at strange angles and Abby decides that he has to fix one of them, but only yes, one, only one, just the one Abby goes into a furnace where he will be burned alive. And the, the clue on the tape was, you know, once you're in hell, only the devil can help you out. And as he's in this furnace while being burned alive, he notices that a drawing of a devil pointing at a knob that would turn off the fire exists. Uh, yes. I also like to think that Jigsaw drew that himself. However, it's very precise and Jigsaw's hands are very shaky throughout this movie. So I'm left to assume it was Hoffman drawing a self-portrait. <laughs> I love the idea of Hoffman having like a secret artistic angle. Uh, like he's always, he always wanted to be an artist, but he just wasn't, couldn't cut it. And that's why he became like a scummy police officer. Right. And then uh, Jigsaw's new protege. <laughs> <clears throat> Correct. I think that that is the only logical explanation for it's, it's the Hitler angle. You know, he just oh, if you, well here if we you, coming right out with it. Um. <laughs> if you don't get if you don't get the praise you're looking for as an artist, you just turn into a terrible person. There you go. Um, 
I'll take it. I'll live with it. So and let's move through the rest of his properties in this. We know he has the trap house. The trap house is large. This is a nice property for him to have. However, yes. he also has a fake trap house because yes. in the twist ending, we, we find out that Jigsaw has set it up so that the cops are sent to a house that they think is the trap house, but it turns out to be a fake that exists solely to run the tapes showing the trap house events. Right. Uh, and so that th when they track the location, they would go to this house. But it does appear to be otherwise empty and owned by Jigsaw. And the fake trap house is very nice. Like it has like this kind of winding central staircase and like it looks like it's got some good bones to it it's probably Do you think uh, this is where jigsaw lives <laughs> um well or, yeah that's a great we haven't question. met her yet but is it jill does does jill live here that's her name you right? know uh, yeah um, yeah i don't know i feel like she lives in like a normal house um she's well, like this is not a normal house yeah <laughs> no i mean like this is a nice house but it's also like all boarded up and clearly kind of run down yes so yeah. i think jill lives somewhere normal but where does jigsaw actually like lay his head to rest that's a very well, good question currently we can assume he is living at his other major owned property in this movie the, the steel wilson factory steel, the wilson yes. steel factory when he's there he does appear to have a kitchen in the steel factory behind him very interesting that there is a nice homey kitchen in this steel factory. Uh, it is separate from the mannequin factory by all obvious indications, presumably because the cops caught him at the mannequin factory. One assumes yeah. he then moved locations. That one got burned. So he had yes. to, uh, for, fortunately he owns a lot of abandoned factories. Right. And uh, he, we will find out and I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched them. We will find out it's not just factories. He owns, um, there's some other large city, properties that he somehow comes <laughs> into possession of and so the wilson steel factory is an interesting one i assume it's in the same district as the mannequin factory like i'm starting to suspect that jigsaw literally just owns the industrial district uh, <laughs> probably there's just like a whole section of town that's like huh it's all owned by this one guy and all oh, of yeah. these events keep happening here it's so weird how we can't figure out who's doing it um <laughs> Let me just look on the deeds of who owns a bunch of uh, abandoned buildings. Because, I mean, it must, it's interesting because the alternative is that he just knows they're abandoned and is using them. But in a city that seems to have this much of a, of a completely dysfunctional police force and so much crime left and right, you imagine there would be squatters in any abandoned facility. Yeah. And, I mean, at least some of the properties are owned by john kramer as established in i believe saw seven when because yes. he was he had that big real estate deal that went bust that's also right. part of why he's so jaded right uh but we don't have time to get into that now i he think really has a lot of reasons to get jaded um, is there anything else we need we need to mention before we wrap up saw two uh, we gotta i think it's worth yeah, it's, we've got to move on i think it's worth just like mentioning how kind of confusing amanda's character is in this movie um, we, we brought it up a few times. Like, what does she know? What doesn't she know? Why does she act the way she acts? Um, and it's just, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if the movie really necessarily makes it clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't it's it's unclear. I don't think the confusion is intentional. I think they're just slipping up. On like at first <laughs> she's clearly very pissed off that she's been put into this trap and had no idea she was going to end up there. But then later it's unclear whether she's acting as a part of the role she knows she's supposed to play or if she's like genuinely unclear about some of the details. Like, does she know 
that uh, Matthews's son is the one who's in the trap with her? It seems likely Possibly. that she. It seems that she does just based on the the fact that she knows to save his life towards the end. Right. Uh, I mean, by then she has explicitly learned that he's his son. Yes. The I mean, the fact that she knows that and knows that that means she has to do something makes it seem to me that you know uh, she's she she kind of had a suspicion or knew it's all possible or yeah or that maybe she just figured out that of course that's my role in this trap also she does seem to just know who detective matthews is very well for obvious reasons of he put her away by framing her she, oh, she definitely knows just him. knows who his son is i mean <laughs> you maybe. Know? yeah so all right so that's it for saw two We'll be back with you when we finish Saw 3. All right. It's going to be a fun time. Woohoo! God. Um, look, things are not... Things are weird. <laughs> um, All right. We are back after saw three and uh i i say i think we're definitely starting to take a turn here uh, oh we are <laughs> things are getting a little strange uh this is definitely not one of the better installments of saw it's not the worst uh it's kind of a middling entry yeah and, i would say middling <laughs> middling is the right way to put it it's not great the, the the movie itself is not wearing that heavily on me, but uh, definitely watching them all back to back is starting to make me go a little loopy. I'm drawing all sorts of connections though that I never saw before, so there's not it's not all bad news. Do you look like that meme from um, <laughs> It's Always Sunny? I am. I'm. I'm literally Charlie, like drawing all the connections here. It's like you see the Buddha that was in this scene represents his desire to reach a path of enlightenment. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes that is one thing we noticed in this watch is that there are a number of little buddha statues in the uh the little makeshift operation room that john kramer has going on we're not quite sure what they represent but yeah maybe they do represent a sort of uh path to enlightenment or redemption somehow um uh, you know <laughs> apparently they're supposed to but <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, the, the theme of this uh, this installment is very much about forgiveness. Um, yes, it's about you know forgiving people who have wronged you in your life, even though they might not deserve it. But you need to move on for yourself. Some of these people, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, you know yeah. So this is that that is the plot here, and I th that's cool. Um, <laughs> I think. That, like there's like some high bars being asked of some of these people, but you know, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Some, some of the acting in this is kind of rough too. That's, the acting is very rough. That's, that's the biggest problem with this movie me. is that both of the leads do not turn in good. Neither of the leads turn in good performances and you spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. The leads being the lead victims, because this is probably the first movie where like the villains also play like a strong protagonist role. Like you were supposed right. to with them well yeah we get a lot of like scenes that just involve them it's the first movie that you really see a lot of the working behind the scenes of team D jigsaw you see like amanda's whole uh arc of becoming a member 
of this little cult that John Kramer is starting. Yeah. You see her being uh, like tested and inducted. And uh, I think like the, the parts between uh, Jigsaw and Amanda are pretty good. There's, you know, there's some iffy acting in there, but for the most part, it's a cool story. You get to see a lot of like, behind the scenes of how they set up some of the early traps that you don't strictly need to see, but that's, you know, that's just for the fans there. Just for the fans, <laughs> just for fans, only, only fans. fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. It's when the franchise is going into questionable m- morals, um, just like asking you to like want to see and sympathize with these characters. Um, you know, that's questionable at best. So that's cool. But that's what we're here for. We're here for questionable morals, uh, just like every character in this movie. So that's cool. <laughs> Things I still cannot get over in this movie. Uh, the beginning part of Jeff's test where he has to like break out of that crate. While He's falling. in a crate on a forklift. <laughs> on top Why? of a forklift. I think this is the first time I actually recognized that he was on a forklift rather than like just being like hanging from a chain in the air or something. Oh no, it's a forklift. But yes, it's very clear that he's on top of a forklift. Of no, John Kramer mm-hmm. owns a forklift for some reason. Um, yes. Um, we, the, the pig scene is as disturbing as ever. I mean, it's just so disgusting, but I feel, I feel like I can smell that scene every time it happens. I'm going to smell it for the rest of my life. However, what we did notice this time is that the stuffed animal in which the key that, unlocks the man who's at the bottom of the pig vat um that stuffed animal that the key is in in the in the incinerator is a pig yes <laughs> i can't believe like i i have no idea how many times i've seen this movie it's got to be at least five right um i can't believe i've never noticed that that's a huge detail <laughs> yes it's a pig it and is a pig. the pig's Obviously very important in this scene, but also a big motif in all of Saw because they also have like the pig masks. And uh, yeah, the the child apparently had a pig toy. (laughs) And so, of course, Jigsaw being Jigsaw is like, oh, definitely need to put that one front and center. Jigsaw is the most extra person ever. This is also (laughs) the okay. So wait, let's let's tack on to our ongoing list of facilities that jigsaw owns yes yes reminding that. everyone that jigsaw does have a meat processing plant or facility whatever you want to call it uh that's where this entire movie appears to take place um, which is why there's a large vat into which pigs can be dumped and churned um it's yes. very disgusting it's also why there's like a big walk-in freezer area right but more importantly, just in terms of Jigsaw's characterization, he really goes an extra mile with a lot of his decor in this one. He, there's flickering lights that don't need to be there. There's like <laughs> Billy the puppet is like laying like a kid on a tricycle, just like our hero Jeff's son was killed. Um, <laughs> there's boxes that are like just like lock boxes lined with velvet on the inside with like single notes like written on them he paints like messages on the door and like red paint to look like blood it's like (laughs) it's really he's like full extra and also given his current state in this movie i.e bedridden with a a tumor that is pressing against his skull 
I don't think he did it. So presumably it was Amanda. Um, yeah. Maybe Amanda is like really getting in on the design here. Uh, I do like that each of the doors that leads to one of his tests has like the lesson he's supposed to learn written on it. Yeah. It's like learn to forgive or something like that. And I just feel like at some point <laughs> he was going to run into a door that just says like live, laugh, love on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw is, is very much bringing in the wine mom demographic in this That's installment. That's the uh, goal here. I he also cancer in his Buddha statues. <laughs> I yeah, he was going he was kind of going kind of Steve Jobs there, I think. He was trying yeah. to bring in the Eastern medicine, uh, which apparently involves Buddha statues and a power drill drilling into your skull. That's um, part of that. <laughs> the power drill is very important, and we did note while watching it, it's very funny when Lynn, who has to perform this emergency brain surgery on him, is like, I will need a power drill while she's standing in a room full of like tools and like just all sort like there is a power drill in that room. There are so <laughs> many power drills. If in that there's room. anything that you will definitely find somewhere around here, it's a power drill. I would not be surprised if there's just a whole room lined with power drills somewhere. You can't go anywhere without seeing a power drill. There's just like we have so many power drills we don't know what to do with the power drills in this room okay so is gonna come out and be like you get a power drill you get a power drill you get a power drill that's also, it, exactly it <laughs> i was also picturing uh jigsaw at one point going to spirit halloween to pick up some of this stuff that he uses he's like oh gosh i will need a spooky black and red robe that I can uh -huh. wear around the house. You know, it needs to be comfortable. I need some and strobing light bulbs. <laughs> I need light bulbs. They need to flicker in an intimidating um, regularity. Don't forget his fog <laughs> machines. Oh, yes. I need fog machines enough to fill like five different facilities. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Could you imagine being the person who sold him that stuff and then that you come to find out that he's like this mass murderer? <laughs> when the news breaks like oh uh cool i guess mm, fun <laughs> i think um fun times yeah. well yeah that's saw three i think we're we're about ready to move on now saw four is coming up next this is not uh not one of the better installments either so <laughs> no, i think this one is going to be what pushes me over the edge i've already once saying it came upon a midnight clear for a little while so <laughs> you yes, never we, know what's next we need to clarify the fact that you're like you're cycling through song obsessions very quickly here um, which yeah. i think is like your coping mechanism it is it absolutely <laughs> is and i know that so um so far, it's been all songs that I haven't had traditional, traditional, I haven't had standard <laughs> ongoing obsessions with. So that's a, a plus, I guess. You're not, I haven't started singing a thousand years yet. <laughs> that's so. definitely coming though. Yeah. So oh, yeah, for sure. I haven't sang I Want to Rock yet. These are the <laughs> um. Stay tuned for that, everyone. And we'll yes. see you when we finish all four. We'll see you after. That's not, there's not even a facility there. It's just like a, a, a neighborhood. See you after Saw 4. Okay, we are here again. We've just finished Saw 4. And uh, Things are definitely starting to take a turn for the worse. Uh, it's it's about 9 p.m. right now. Uh, we're halfway through. <laughs> halfway through. So that it's taken us like eight and a half hours to get here. <laughs> I don't know how it's taken us this so freaking just like, long. Like the logical 
end point of this <laughs> is that we have about eight hours left. Um, which puts us at 5 a.m., I guess. Um, um, what? I'm hoping that we will not have to do that. I'm thinking we'll definitely get through Saw 5 well before midnight. Or not well, but like before. And we'll be mostly done with 6 before midnight, I think. I think okay. the first couple ones were a little on the longer side. Um, the last one, the first was, one is one of the longer ones. Yes, the last, the one we just finished off for was an hour thirty-five. The next one is, I think, an hour thirty-two. So, relatively speaking, we're kind of blitzing through these. But, I, th- I think um, we're at the point where they're all short now because I think parts like one and three are the longest, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. So, but. It's still, we're only talking, we're not talking, you know. Yeah, Saw 3 is two hours. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, so glad so, we got that done. So, Saw, Saw 5, 6, 7, and even Jigsaw, I think, are only about an hour and a half each. So All right. Okay. So, we, we've we only got like six more hours of movies to get. Wait, Saw 6 is two hours. Fuck. Oh, okay, but that's a good one. At least at least we'll be enjoying that one. Yeah. Um, as it was, uh, an hour 35 of Saw 4 feels pretty long. <laughs> it does. Saw uh, 4 is not one of the better ones. Saw 4, like, the one good thing I can say about Saw 4 is that I laughed through a lot of it. Um it's true. This has been the most joyous watch we've had so far, just because of us laughing at it almost the entire time. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so the funniest thing that we noticed throughout all this was the transitions. Uh, there's a lot of crazy transitions in Saw, but Saw 4 is probably the one where they tried to pack the most in. It's the one that has the famous transition where someone gets thrown into a mirror and then like their body crashes into the police station. So it transitions into a scene in the police station. <laughs> <laughs> that really is like the best scene. <laughs> We, I think we about lost it when that happened. <laughs> we we like audibly screamed when that happened. We were already la- because that whole section has a bunch of those weird transitions. Yeah, so there's we like an early chunk of the movie hyped up for it. Like constant weird transitions. Like it's so funny. And there was it, the also, movie never lets up. <laughs> there was a a weird transition inside a flashback that we saw in here. That was really good. There was also a transition back from a flashback into the current time that involved like (laughs) jigsaw turning around and you saw from over his shoulder into the present day interrogation room where Jill Tuck was being interrogated. And then and as it, the, yes. Okay. You're going to say it. <laughs> it like lingers over his shoulder for like a good 20 seconds. So it's in the present time, but you're still seeing like John Kramer's head and shoulders in the shot. It's so funny. It's uh, so funny. I, it's um, crazy. And of course, like, I don't, there's not a lot of meaning behind any of these transitions. It's just like, they look cool or maybe they did. Back when this came out, now they look really goofy. They definitely thought they would look cool. Let's go. <laughs> they're with a lot of fun. I every time one happens, I'm like, ah. I th- yeah, I really enjoy watching them, but I don't think it's for the reasons that they wanted me to enjoy them. So, possibly not. Um, poss- possible they didn't want me to laugh at them. Is all so I'm gonna say. Let's update our location list. Um, I guess. So a lot of the movie, like the big facility in the movie is once again, the Gideon meat plant. So that we already had on the list. Yes, but it's worth noting that we find out that it's called the Gideon meat plant in this one. That's true. We find out that this is 
that okay this is actually very funny that's john kramer's first building and that's what he and jill decide to name their first child after is john <laughs> kramer's first building which is this meatpacking plant they named their child after the meatpacking plant can you just imagine being like honey i know you're pregnant with a boy and i think i have the perfect name and it is my meatpacking plant <laughs> that's a really weird choice jigsaw i don't know what's wrong with you yeah uh that's that's pretty strange uh, we also added a school in this one, which was actually confirmed as being owned by Jill Tuck. Um, yes, Jill Tuck owns the school. The school is maybe home to the trap in Saw 3 where Troy, who died by all the hooks across his body or like the rings hooked into his body, right. might have died in that school. Yes, and it's also home to the uh, the spear uh husband and wife trap which also had a one of our more joyous moments when she was like pulling a, a spear out of her body and her husband's body and she just like howled at the camera like <laughs> and like and it wasn't like howling in pain necessarily it was like ferocity she was like she was like yeah <laughs> like she's like i'm gonna do it she was um, living for it uh, she was running with the shadows of the night she was um, one of the better performances in the film i believe yeah she was um a- uh, we also, well, I guess there, there's the clinic that Jill Tuck works in. I don't know. Does she own the clinic or is it just somewhere where she works? I feel like they own it, but I'm not positive. Um, there's also, so, he, so gets his first, he gets his first warehouse here and it's that small warehouse where Cecil will eventually be uh, killed, which yes. is very odd. And I don't really know where that is, but it's sort of like an outlier. And then also he maybe owns a mausoleum. Um, <laughs> the mausoleum is unclear. But uh, a trap definitely to how he got in there inside the mausoleum. He sets so. a trap in the mausoleum, and also, um, there's wherever Detective Carey is found might also be a mausoleum. I don't, I don't know whether he owns it or not, but it's somewhere underground, underground, like a crypt or something. Yeah, Carey, poor Carey's body is discovered in this movie, and like she, um, had a bad time. Yeah, there were, there were rats crawling through her body. She's getting eaten by rats. Her ribs are hanging out, dangling like a sadistic mobile around her. Yes. So one thing I want to discuss here that, and I don't know if we really got to this in detail when we covered this movie, the the timeline is extremely confusing. Like, so we find out in this movie that it's concurrent with Saw Three. Yes. Um, I, how does that work? Because they find Carrie's body here. And it's sort of like she's been gone for long enough for like rats to be chewing through her body. Right. And like, and then the, the trap of this movie gets set into motion, but lines up with the end of the saw three trap, which also only took place over the course of two hours. Like how does the, like, cause Carrie happened in saw three. I just don't really quite understand. So all of this one takes place over 90 minutes. Yes. Um, and, Carrie, what? When did Carrie get? She got killed like at the beginning of Saw Three, right? She was, yes, yeah, so towards the beginning for sure. Before like the main trap started, but like right before. Though we don't know when she died. Yeah, and there's like, this movie doesn't give us like markers for time. There's and no. There's, yeah, and there's no there's no uh, way of really knowing whether the events at the beginning of Saw Three and the rest of the events in Saw Three take place like at exactly the same time or maybe a couple of weeks later. Right. Kind of unclear. 
So there, very unclear. There's fudginess in the timeline. What we do know is that it's been six months since Detective Matthews went missing. So right. that provides about a six-month timeline between the beginning of Saw 4 and the end of Saw 2. Wait. You mean the other way around? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, going <laughs> backwards. Going yes. backwards. There's six months. Oh, okay. Before. I was like, I'm very confused. Um, <laughs> like, Saw 2 did not end after Saw 4. Um, well, what if it did? In this essay, weird, I will establish. But, oh, please don't write that essay. Um <laughs> So, we don't have much time for that essay. We're almost out of time. We're almost uh, out of time. We're always almost out of time. Got to um, squeeze in those last-minute thoughts. Uh, what are your last-minute thoughts? What are your last-minute thoughts on Saw 4? Saw 4 is rough. Uh, it's rough. Uh, like I, I didn't really get anything significant out of this that I haven't out of previous watches. We did find out where the Buddhas come from. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, they Cecil, are from, Cecil, Cecil goes to a them. Year of the Pig Chinese New Year celebration and steal some Buddha figurines while there. And Cecil will later become John's first question mark victim. Yeah, um, I think so. so. And uh, that's also the same festival wherein the pig mask is first established. Uh, also, Billy a different the, pig, pig mask. <laughs> Billy the puppet is also established for the first time in this movie. So yes. I, I found it good that, uh, that we both came up with a new question and answered it uh, uh, over the course of this watch about those little Buddhas. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that we got to answer it. I love that we saw the proto Billy the puppet and that proto Billy the puppet wore glittery, like red shoes. Like he's fucking um, in the wizard of Oz. <laughs> they were like sparkly and weird. I don't know why Billy the puppet needed sparkly shoes, but yeah. So uh, the next film we have to watch is saw five. It is the last film on disc two of the saw blu-ray collection which Correct. we have been living on this disc for a while now it has saw three four and five so after yes. this one we get to move on to disc three i'm so hyped for that uh because we're hyped for saw six that's really yes all there's one um, film separating us from saw six it's coming and we so. love that um it's worth noting before we go that we have moved on to the theme drinks portion of the night. I am drinking a drink called blood and guts that has jello in it to look like murky, gross blood. So, you know, we're getting there. Things are going to go real weird, real fast. Probably. Yeah. So. I'm drinking a vodka cranberry cause it's red. That's... But you are drinking it out of a Billy, the puppet tiki mug. Yes, I am. And he is keeping me company right now. I'm glad to have him by my side. Uh, are you? That's, you know, he's not very comforting right now. <laughs> he's not really though is he um yeah but that's where we're at right now and uh we'll see it a bit and find out how we did on saw five woohoo see ya after the urban development saw <laughs> All right. Um, welcome back, everyone. We've just finished Saw 5. And, oh boy, do we have a lot of feelings about it. Saw 5 is... There's just so much to unpack, you know? And by so much, I mean so little. There's just so little going on. Um, I Yeah, I never realized how little actually happens in this movie. I mean, it really just... Mm, I don't know. It's It doesn't feel even like a saw movie you know no it, it, there's like the traps are very minimal 
nothing's really happening at any given time um the main game appears to be completely like like the movie doesn't care about it so why should we uh, yeah it's like I an extended way to get strom out of the picture yeah i mean there's there's some interesting like cat and mouse stuff with agent strom and detective hoffman um and there's a lot of backstory on Detective Hoffman becoming one of Jigsaw's protégés. But, like, the the majority of this movie is just all about, like, world building and lore telling. And, like, there's very little of the traps that we're used to and, like, the extended moralizing and stuff kind right. of takes a, a backseat to the uh, the world building stuff. The like the main trap, I swear, you could edit it down to like 10, 15 minutes of the whole movie. Yes, you absolutely could. There's just the, the, so the, many flashbacks and like stuff like just going around like where's Strom? Where's Hoffman? Blah blah blah. The rest of the yeah, the rest of the movie is like Strom running around, and then there's a new detective in town, Detective Erickson. And like half of that stuff though is like flashback, right? Like there's just like nothing there's very little new presented here. It spends so much of its time trying to retcon what we already knew to fit Hoffman into having been involved since the beginning, essentially. Right. Um, yeah. He, we find out that he's been involved in all of like jigsaw's traps. He, you know, he helped kidnap the razor wire trap guy, for example, back in saw one, like in a, a really great fight scene between the, the, three <laughs> and this one. the uh, epic fight scene. there. <laughs> very epic. If, if, Razor Wire Trap Man hadn't just downed a half a bottle of bourbon in one sip. He would have won that fight pretty handily. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, he was he was raring to go. Yeah. He was just a little loose on his feet, and it cost him. Right, but like, it, there's really not a lot going on. What there is going on in this is that we get sleek, sexy suited Jigsaw. That <laughs> is that is really what the movie's for. But also, I think we should reference a moment that got to both of us when Hoffman is in his apartment and it is just like the worst apartment experience. I think people could ever. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. It still makes me laugh so much. It's after it's after he's like, he's killed his sister's killer yes. uh, while like making it look like a jigsaw murder and jigsaw has found out about it and he's stalking him. And so there's this whole scene that takes place at Hoffman's apartment building when like you know that jigsaw is gonna uh, like attack him and capture him here but they have so many fake outs yes <laughs> they, they have so many fake outs in this scene about like when it's gonna happen that it's hilarious it's like he's going to get on the elevator and somebody comes off really quickly but it's just this girl with headphones and then he goes to open like a random door and a dog comes out and starts barking and then he goes to open the other elevator and just like a whole bunch of people come off and they're like do you mind <laughs> like, everyone in this apartment building is an absolute nightmare they really uh, are. I love like when the woman's like, do you mind? And then the guys behind her are just like shaking their head at him. Like, they're just like, come on, dude. And they're just yeah. like huskily stomping off. And then he gets on the elevator with sleek <laughs> jigsaw in a suit and glasses. Yes. He's and like jigsaw just going up, <laughs> gives him some, uh, some, uh, some, some, some shot. He gives him a shot. Some shot. Yeah. Some <laughs> shot right I in the I neck. Speak. Um, he, yeah, yes. gives him the gives him the old sedative. Yep. Uh, doesn't even bring out the pig mask for this one. 
just no, no pig mask. It's just him. But it doesn't matter if he has a pig mask because he's planning on recruiting Hoffman. Yes. But like, but but will nobody else see this old man walking this like unconscious young detective out? Like, is nobody <laughs> concerned about that? Um, they're probably just used to seeing him drunk, so they're like, "Oh, he's just drunk." Because yeah, we, uh, he's we, he's an alcohol. He has an alcohol problem. Another favorite flashback is yeah, Jigsaw talking about uh, his drinking habits and showing uh, Hoffman like getting turned away at the bar. Like, that's it, buddy. <laughs> no, I it's love like, the way the bartender just like waves his hand and Hoffman's just like, oh, fuck it. And just walks yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing to note here is that Strom turns out to be like the worst detective yet. Like he just like really makes all of the wrong choices from the outset of this movie on. And like, he'll do things like come across the weird outhouse. Like, I don't even know what it is. It's like a weird building across at the far end of a parking lot where Hoffman murdered his sister's murderer. And like, and he just realizes that it was Hoffman's sister's murderer <laughs> and that there was a hole in the wall so somebody could watch the death. And he's like, oh, Hoffman, you did it. And you framed Jigsaw. To, you framed it to look like a Jigsaw murder. I've got you now. And it's like, what? You have no hard evidence that that happened. Like, <laughs> you could have figured all that out just by looking at the files. Like, yes, there's you could have read the newspaper clippings. That would have nothing been to, to connect him to the case other than the fact that you know it's his sister's killer so that right there is all you really need to have a and suspicion you know that jigsaw also kills people who kill people so that doesn't really help your case sorry bud like <laughs> um it's just like a very bizarre and he like he doesn't listen to any of jigsaw's instructions which like nobody ever really does but he like really just like be like stay in this room or else you'll die and he's like okay i will Yo, leave this room now. fuck you i'm going yeah. in the room like or like when he turns off the tape recording at the end, like halfway through, he's just like, <laughs> like he stops listening and then attacks Hoffman and like, what? Miss and then he throws Hoffman the into the glass part. coffin and then like, and then picks up the tape recorder and listens to the rest of it, which says, if you don't get into the glass coffin, you will die. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you're oh, like, oh if you had just not stopped the tape halfway through for some reason, um, it's just very bizarre. It, it's a very strange detective experience to watch because he's just so bad at it. He's <laughs> just absolutely horrible from start yeah. to finish. Um, so, but, um, yeah, yeah, we were um, we missed the the flashy edits in this one. Yes. I mean, there's still some of the frenetic editing style going on here, but none of the crazy transitions. You know which... what I miss? <laughs> I miss a saw driving sequence. It's been a while since we've had a saw drive. That's true. You always need a good driving sequence where it's like zooming in and out on the car. Yeah, I think we're it. done with them, though. I don't think we get any in six and seven, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I, I don't. None that come to mind, certainly. But those are, um, those are those are good, and I miss it. We did new, add a new location here. Um, sort of. We is, don't know a lot about it. Um, we really don't. The the catacombs, which are apparently attached to, like we don't even know where, like how you enter them. But it's like some underground complex. It's where all like the traps take place in this one. And right. it's also like where there's like a little behind the scenes area, which is where I guess Hoffman does all the work. 
Um, but yeah, we don't know like a lot a about it. it. Has like fresh coffee there. Well, personally, <laughs> I love that there's like a hot coffee sitting there. But we know that Hoffman is like halfway across the city, underneath Jill Tuck's house, murdering Agent Strom. And there's just like <laughs> but he the planted coffee the coffee there. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, he planted the coffee and Strom's phone. Um, yes, which is very really funny. master stroke right there. Yeah. Um, and also, there is Jill Tuck's house, which apparently also has some secret stuff hidden under the floorboards, because uh, that's where the the final coffin crushing scene happens. Yes, somehow Jill Tuck Tuck's house is connected to um, this long, extensive system of tunnels, which, by the way, feels like a personal home security issue, if you ask me. So I don't know what she's doing. Um, yeah. Uh, she also, it was very easy for Strom to get into her home. So. Yeah, he just sort of like walked in. Yeah. It was a nice looking house, though, but uh, I, I don't know Jill's about what's in the basement. Jill spends this movie scowling and sneering for like no reason. She's just like at like a reading of her late husband's rights. And she's just like scowling and like sneering the whole time and opening this mysterious box. And then she goes to tell detective Erickson or special agent Erickson that Strom has been following her. And she's just like, it's just like this weird, like sneer the entire conversation. I'm like, what is wrong with you, Jill? Like, <laughs> I mean, as it turns out, it's that she's like sort of in on the game the whole time, but like, we don't know that yet. So it's very weird that she's like being all like brute, like uh, weird about it. She has like the weirdest expression. She right. This is the most heavily she's been involved so far. So, but it's... that will not remain the case for log. She will be yeah. more involved later. Um, yes. But... So that's where we're at right now. On how are you, some... how are we doing mentally? How are mentally? We doing? Well, let's see. It's about 1120 right now. Yep. Uh-huh. So it's getting late. We, we've, we've got three more movies. So, we've got three yeah. more movies. It's going to be a long, long, crazy, crazy night. Um, yeah. This Nothing is a uh, time. This is <laughs> this is starting to starting to weigh on me. I'm glad that Saw Six is up next. It's going to be yeah. a little bit of a reprieve. Saw Five is just kind of dreary. Yeah. And yeah. not a lot of fun stuff happens. So Saw Six is welcome. Um, we know we love Saw Six. <laughs> My my relationship is falling apart right now because uh, <laughs> because of my girl my girlfriend's not not a fan of the Saw movies and so she can't come downstairs. So this is uh this has been great. This is this is all going really well. Um, but we press on. We will endure. So, <laughs> we persist. Uh, we're we're gonna get there. Yeah, I think um it's getting to the point of the night where like I was hitting my lag and now Saw Six will be some rejuvenation i think we're, so it'll be good we really need it right now so yeah, i need it i'm gonna go get myself a red ball and ready to power through we're gonna gear up and next you hear from us we're gonna talk about saw six saw six saw six we love saw six Ooh, healthcare six. saw healthcare saw healthcare saw it's happening Woo! Oh, it's very demoralizing to no. see Discord starting a new day for oh, this recording. Oh, no. It's new day. Jesus Christ. Oh, even though that was an hour and a half movie, um, we started recording the last 
Well, we ended recording the last episode about two hours ago. That's because I got food in the meantime. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's very hard to keep the in between periods under half an hour. It is. So, and that's that's the real issue here is that with eight movies, there's seven in between periods, which for half an hour each ends up with three and a half hours. Correct. Not even accounting for all the other stuff, like when a recording goes wrong or something else. But here we are. Oh man, it's a I'm. New dawn. It's a new day. It's a new. It's life. a new life for me, and I'm feeling, feeling good. demoralized. <laughs> oh, totally demoralized. <laughs> um, listen, things are getting out of hand. Yes, uh, we've Hell got two movies left, and we are. We are spiral the book of sawing. Um, we are so spiral the book of sawing. Um, yeah, let me just say, I'm feeling like I'm hitting that combination of both tired and intoxicated, where like everything's just sort of coming out in a steady stream of consciousness. So yes. maybe this is this is either the perfect time to be recording this or the worst time in the world to be recording this. Right, I don't know which. Go best. Listen. It's the best because this is what we need right now. This is where we need to be. And our listeners have to meet us where we're at sometimes, you know? Yeah. You know that like sometimes you just need to get on our level. So get if you're listening to this right now, wherever you are, as long as you're not operating a motor vehicle in the next few hours, just take <laughs> a shot. Try to get where we are right now. Honestly, the, the rule for the pod should have been take a shot every time we switch movies. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, the he would be hammered by the end of this thing. Well, let's this is movies. Um, right. So, to try to address where we are right now, um, we've got two movies to go. Yes. It's one twenty-five in the morning. Yes, this is. It's starting to get very bleak. Like the yes. the reality is starting to dawn on this that this is going to be a very long night indeed. Yes. Um. Great. Thankfully, we did just watch possibly the best film in the series certainly the best of the later sequels um this was a treat as it always is saw six god bless you everyone who's involved in this hallelujah this is an incredible film hallelujah um, <laughs> listen we're reaching the point of the night where all i want to do is like sing normally right now on a saturday night if i'm not movie binging i am on youtube watching whatever like genre has decided that it occupies my brain that night to be so, clear we've been doing a lot of singing throughout been this a lot of singing we should and have been making a, a track list of all of the songs <laughs> that we've gone through we, we come out with a spotify playlist after this yeah. for every song that we've referenced throughout this yeah that would be quite a long list because uh, yeah. any line of dialogue that slightly hints at a song we're we're riffing on it <laughs> we're ready um, we're ready um you know maybe someday we'll come out with a full commentary for each one of these saw movies and then you'll really get to hear what we do when yeah. we watch this yeah but the for real now, treat will be us just like talking over a movie someday mystery <laughs> science theater 3, for now that has to stay in the pocket so now that we're about halfway through this segment let's actually talk about the film sure yeah so Saw 6, uh, as we've said before, is one of our favorite late cycle Saw movies. And part of that, I think, is because it actually really tries to establish its characters as people outside of the Saw traps. Uh, it really, for the first time since maybe even the first movie, uh, the first movie does a lot of that. You get to see Dr. Gordon, like all of his, his affair and his practice and all the stuff that's going on outside. 
You get to see what Adam's going through. You get a real feel of these people. And in the later um, installments of this, you just see like people waking up in a trap and you have to sort of figure out who they are just through what they're doing in the trap. Here you actually get to find out about these people beforehand and then see them going through the traps. Right. And then there's also like a lot of flashbacks and stuff too that tell you more stuff. So I feel like this has the best characterization of any Saw movie past like the first one. Right. Yeah. And well, also it has some of the best traps too. I mean, the traps in this one are so much fun. It's got like sort of a fun house feel to it. Even though um, it is not in a fun house. It uh, is not, but it, at times it feels like it. There is a merry-go-round. There is a merry-go-round. Um, however, it is set in an abandoned zoo. Which, so that is another property to add to the list of Jigsaw's yeah. properties. We've we got to add that. Why he has access to <laughs> an abandoned zoo. How many times does a zoo get abandoned, especially one that apparently takes place entirely inside of one enclosed building? I mean, well, that's just where we were for it. I'm <laughs> sure there's outdoor enclosures. There's more uh, property somewhere else that we yeah. didn't get to explore. Yeah, what's weird possibly. is it, this is ostensibly a major city. That's like what we see in this movie. You know, we see at one point Jill's in her apartment and she's like out looking at high rises. Like this is clearly a big city. An abandoned yeah. zoo would pretty quickly, I think, be demolished and used. The land would get used. Like you I think, think that, that about so much in this city, and yet. Um, like there's so many abandoned buildings that he gets to make use of. Yeah, and but zoos zoos take up more space than just like an abandoned right. like warehouse. Like zoos, zoos take up a ton. I don't of know. Space. Like some of these underground catacombs and stuff he has are obviously like miles long. Um, but yeah, yeah I but mean, what I, else are you gonna do with those? Those are it, like it has know. to be like some place like Detroit or something where there's like entire swaths of the city that are just like abandoned. Right. Um, but yeah, it there, it's clearly a place where there's been a lot of economic decline recently. I can't um, imagine why. Could it be that there's a serial killer on the loose and nobody can stop him and the police keep dying every time they try? Do you well, think serial killer on the loose is definitely part of it. And But by the time we get to this installment, this is also, I believe, the first saw to really address the economic crisis. I think... It might not be the first one to come out after it because I think Saw 5 probably came out like right after it, but yeah. it was not produced after it. This is the first one to be produced after it and to really address it. And they address both the uh, mortgage lending industry and the healthcare industry in this film, which I think is very important. Correct. Uh, very timely. As always, Saw likes to be a socioeconomically conscious film series, but this one especially feels very pointed and I think it does a good job of addressing the issues. It does. I think it, I think it's very, I mean, it's admirable that they even try and it's really the only Saw movie that takes it quite as far as it does. You know, the other ones might make some references and nods, but like this one, like is like purely about, you know, healthcare mm -hmm. um, and the arbitrariness of, the healthcare industry as we have it here in the United States of America. Yeah. Um, and interest like it fits in so well with what John Kramer tries to do, you know, like he draws the parallel several times that like, just like jigsaw, the healthcare industry decides who lives and who dies. 
And in the same way, it can be kind of a twisted calculus that decides how this happens. Right. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think that's an interesting angle. Like John Kramer, like does so much like live or die, make your choice. And so like when somebody, when somebody else is making that choice for other people, he's very upset about it. And so he, uh, he's very angry about this healthcare man. Um, so I get that the healthcare man is pretty evil. So, you know, can't, can't blame him he this man is a man who's like oh you have cancer sorry you had jaw surgery once so, <laughs> so that's a pre-existing condition and you're denied that's just yeah. how that works i'm sorry rules are the rules he's also very focused on the rules they they make uh sure to draw that parallel as well that right. just as jigsaw is all about the rules so is the healthcare industry so and the, healthcare industry, the rules but... don't always make sense yes but besides um, just the politics of the characters, you know, which we both touched on, I just think that this is one of the more fun installments because, like, it keeps the focus on the traps. The traps are well done. They're, like, they're smart traps. They're shot interestingly, uh, especially, like, that the early on trap, which is, like, when he's having like the breathing competition oh it's sure like it's i love the sound design in that scene and the way yeah. it's lit and like just the way they're both surrounded by darkness it's really cool yeah um so just so many interesting choices made in this film in general which is rare to see for the sixth installment of a horror franchise uh, right i just and especially I can, coming off the heels of four and five yeah four and five which were pretty rough. So right. it's it's impressive that they made this turn here. I, I still I don't know how it happened, but it's a miracle. Why and, not? Uh, it's it's one. I'm always happy to come back to this one. Right. But um, I think we should also mention that this movie is also a just a nonstop drag fest of Hoffman, uh, which we really <laughs> enjoyed on this. Viewing. Yes. Oh, it's that like, was. Definitely. Every time they turn on. around and be like, it'll be like the doctor, like who does the uh, the what autopsies is like. Well, this guy used a different knife for the the puzzle piece that he carved out. He used like a serrated one. It's kind of like uh, you know, not not as great. It's like a uh, yes. And Hoffman's yeah. like, well, maybe uh, you know. This movie was the one where, despite Hoffman's best efforts in the last film to frame Agent Strom, he gets sort of cornered by the evidence as jigsaw's apprentice so it's very funny to see how the evidence stacks up and it it usually takes the form of being like well jigsaw used to do it this way but now like whoever's doing it now is doing it kind of shittier <laughs> it's like every scene they're like they don't even know that it's hoffman who did it so they're like talking to him about the evidence but they're just like subtly dragging him every time and it's like i, I kind of think I kind of think Perez, who's back from the dead in this one, does know the whole time. Perez she acts like she it. definitely has a feeling about yeah. him. Like she suspects him the whole time, but she's not sure. So she doesn't like, have the evidence yet. She'll say like subtly dragging things about like <laughs> about this jigsaw murders, and he's and he's just standing there like, well, but don't you think this was kind of smart? Can you <laughs> don't you think that was good? Um, that was that was pretty good, right? Like, say something. Wasn't nice it actually about, pretty great when you decide to use a different knife? Like, he's changing it up. He's, he's not getting cool. stuck in his own ways. Doesn't that voice sound really like hot? Don't you want to want to like get with it? Um, I don't know. This new jigsaw sounds like kind of a hot, sexy, smart guy. That's that's just my impression, though. I don't know. Like, what, what do about you think? when when he goes to the old victim in the hospital bed and she like has lost her arm that she chopped <laughs> off, and she's like like 
obviously mad about it. And she's like, he said he was trying to teach us. And he's like, well, didn't you? Didn't you learn from it? She's losing her mind. She's like, and, no, she, and she's what like, what am I supposed to what learn, did from, learn this? from this? My arm is gone. Look at Look me. Look at my like, damn arm. And he, and he spent some time trying to be like, but didn't you? What did <laughs> didn't, you, did you learn the lesson he was trying to teach you? you know? <laughs> he's like, he's like, tell me you learned something from what I did to you. Please. Now I need to know this. Yeah. So she's a great standout moment as well. Uh, she's fantastic. And a, that's she, another thing that makes this movie better is that a lot of even the minor characters, I feel, turn in better performances than in some other recent Saw movies. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I can't really think of any like cringeworthy acting in this movie, which is... Uh, it's pretty hard not to find a, an example or two from like all the middle entries in this movie, in this right. movie series. There's always some cringe acting, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but this time it's it's mostly pretty good. It's solid. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nice. So well, yeah. Welcome reprieve before <laughs> we go into Saw Seven, which is going to be. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's time for Saw Seven. Uh, possibly the worst of the Saw films. I think it probably uh, is my least favorite. It's it's not great. It's not. Um, it, although it is like funnier. Because it's like so bad half the time. It's it's funny. So at it least does, it's got that. Unlike like Saw 4, which is like really bleak, but not particularly funny. Or Saw 5, which is just like nothing happens. And yeah. it's just boring. Yeah. So there's some interesting bits in here. And it has Chester Bennington. So there's that to look forward to. But yeah, uh, it. I think we can all say, just like Newfound Glory stated before, it's all downhill from here. Um, <laughs> but listen the party's just getting started we're gonna we tough are, it out to the end we got we're, this we we've got this two films to go we're coming off hot off a of saw six and we're guns ablazing so we'll guns see blazing just like <laughs> strom walking into any room oh man <laughs> strom going berserker mode like breaking out of the forensics room so great <laughs> just uh, always shooting shoot first ask questions later so yeah, we'll see you again after Saw Seven. I wish we had a 3D TV for this, but we'll I see like how really it goes. don't don't. <laughs> um, we will see you after Saw Seven and the weird like hanger that Jigsaw owns in this one or whatever. Get it while it's hot. Um, All right. Who else is hot? Um, uh, what's his <laughs> Bobby's name? wife? Bobby's, Bobby's wife, wife yeah. and her brazen. Oh, bowl. yes. All right, we're back, everyone. We've just finished watching Saw Seven. Um, it is three twenty-five in the morning. It has oh been qu- quite the day. How, like, what's this been like? We've been watching movies for fifteen hours now. About. Uh, 14 because we start no yeah 15 because we started at uh 12:30. started like yeah 12 30 so it's been like 15 hours between watching movies and recording really yeah. no serious breaks in there so just to let you know how seriously we're taking this we're professionals guys don't don't attempt what we're doing because it takes a trained professional to do and something it, like this it actually will drive you insane um <laughs> Just for the record, I we've gotten to the point where I'm now singing 
We're sawing <laughs> Dr. Gordon's time. We started just singing Sister Christian, and then we were singing the Dr. Pepper commercial version where they go cream soda and and now we're just singing our own version which has saw lyrics so yeah yeah that's where we're at right now so welcome everyone welcome to the party uh we just finished saw seven party. so aka saw 3d the final chapter and oh let me tell you the 3d parts aged so well like a fine wine so, uh, <laughs> This is surely what 3D technology was meant for. (laughs) You can really tell everywhere that they expected there to be some huge, big 3D part. I mean, there's multiple points uh, where someone gets like dismembered and pieces go flying towards the screen. And you're like, oh, it's another 3D shot. The most ridiculous by far is the scene that was entirely put into the movie just to utilize the 3d technology and just to like make a wacky looking thing that they could put in the trailer. Uh, and it's the scene where Hoffman drives like this fucking train buggy with a spike on the end of it towards Jill as she's chained up on the train tracks. Yes, And then (laughs) it rams into her and her, body parts go flying everywhere it's totally fiction it takes place in a dream sequence but it looks crazy so they filmed it and put it in the trailer yes it and is that <laughs> real gross too that's what we're dealing with here that's the kind of movie that saw seven is yeah there yeah. are entire sequences that literally serve no actual plot purpose like that one the opening trap the chester bennington trap like there's literally like these don't need to be here they're just like well we gotta do something like, <laughs> I like the Chester Bennington trap for two reasons, which are, first of all, Chester Bennington. Sure. Glad to see him again. R.I.P. Uh, also, like, just the sheer elaborateness of that trap <laughs> where, like, he has to, like, pull himself off the seat of the car where he's super glued to and, like, tear his skin off. Or it's else ridiculous. <laughs> the car is going to kill like three different people and him. Uh, it's crazy. And the sequence that after he fails is just so spectacular. Everyone <laughs> just getting killed in sequence. It's funny. Um, the only reason to watch this movie is for the laughs. Uh, yes, absolutely. There's not a lot of like legitimately dramatic moments in it. There's just a lot of moments you can really laugh at. I love watching Bobby just fail miserably in every single test he's put through and then die at the end. He's just he's one of the most pathetic saw victims of all time. Yeah, Bobby and sucks ass. He, he sucks. He's a fucking con man. He totally deserves what he gets. So, yeah. <laughs> Not much deserves what there. he gets. Wow. Yeah. We're we're, yes. we're leaning full into two <laughs> He has he has to earn the right to be tested. Uh, yes, 
No, this one but, did bring back some amoral moralizing, though. Like, this, there was some strong, like, you shouldn't lie about this and you should not make up this experience. And <laughs> it and, really did. Yeah. And, and but, we get a lot of, like, platitudes written in red paint and or blood on doors in this one again. So it's nice to see a good return. Unlike form, your yeah. legitimate victims. Yeah. He's he's stealing valor <laughs> as a <Yeah>. fake victim. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. There's, he just sucks. And he's terrible at compete, completing any of the tasks he's put to. Um, so, I don't know. It's just kind of funny to see him fail. <laughs> it is. And it is. it's ridiculous to see his wife get, like, fucking baked in an oven <laughs> in the, at the end. No reason. And, like, okay. She, like, I feel bad for her. Like, yeah. she, she had nothing to do with any of this. At least, she like, had no idea. The other people who got killed in that trap were like helping him perpetuate his scam. Like, she just had no idea. Yes. So it wasn't her fault, but it was ridiculous to see her get like encapsulated in an oven at the end and then baked to death. Yeah. Uh, it's also, <laughs> it we, ha- we must ask the question why this oven exists because we have added a, an abandoned psychiatric institution to the list of things that yes owns one more property in this psychiatric institute there is a large brazen bull torture device why no one knows but i mean like there's literally why does this exist maybe jigsaw built it himself yeah i think i think he probably did um that we've seen before that he's taken a pre-existing location and adapt some sort of crazy over-the-top device into it. It is interesting here that he specifically used a brazen bull. Uh, he does seem to adapt some ancient torture devices like that into the yeah. modern era. So that's very interesting. Um, I think, does he also own that gas station that he uses at one point here? The gas station. The gas because there is there is a secret uh, back room. Oh, you like, mean like the the junkyard, the, junkyard. the junkyard, gas yeah. station, service station, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. Um. It's there, possible that he owns that that junkyard because there, there is, is like a, a secret, secret space. area. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's a very large secret area, in fact, and it has actual car parts in it, and like mechanic equipment um uh, but i do think he does because i think that's what um that because hoffman's setting it on fire at the end so like clearly it was like something he had possession of yeah he's trying to eliminate more evidence hoffman just continues to be dumb in this thing hoffman is on a rampage in this one he kills like 20 people in this movie yeah but we finally get to see him get hit what's coming to him at the end uh he, he, yes. he gets taken out by the new pig mask gang led by dr gordon yes. oh man dr gordon's return in this episode is so fantastic both like the parts he does at the beginning <laughs> like yes. when he shows up at that uh like jigsaw survivors like self-help group <laughs> Yeah, so incredible. I love, I love his appearance there. He's so arch and over the top. Yes, Uh, it's just as great as ever. And I love that scene in general because it sort of like gives us a lot of closure on various scenes throughout the series, like who survived, 
right. uh, what they went through, whatever. And we also get some hints at other games that went on, like the crazy one that apparently took place with a bunch of lawnmowers in a gnome factory or something. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about, but I want to see what led up to that moment. That looked crazy. That one's pretty ridiculous, and it's like... <laughs> That, that trap in general it's like two people hanging on some like sharp rods so like their hands are obviously hurting over a bunch of upside down lawnmowers and they have to knock one or the other off like it's ridiculous because even if you knock the other person off you're still hanging on to this pole like yeah i don't i don't know how she survived after knocking her husband into the lawnmowers but but she did, she did clearly become team pro jigsaw she was like it's the best thing that ever happened to me and it's sort of like yeah. all right well like not really, but she sort of seemed like um, in the same place as that woman who was speared through her husband and had to pull out the spears. Yeah. Just like at the end, she's just like feels totally liberated. She's like, this is great. Like <laughs> she's one of the few people who came out of this with a yeah, positive wasn't it, outlook. Wasn't it? Um, Because Simone reappears in this one. Simone who had to lob off her own arm and got mad when Hoffman asked about it. And she was like, oh, he he had to die for you to leave him? Um, You know, it seems that there's a similar possible position between her and the the spear woman anyway. Right. She has has a skepticism towards that. It's like, you know, you could have... There were easier ways to break away than, like, having to fucking murder someone. But okay. Right. Yeah, Um, so it's... Yeah, that scene is nice. It's nice to get some closure on certain things. We see that the guy from Saw 5 does, in fact, survive. That's really nice. Um, I wonder what happened to Brit, though. Did she survive, too? I'm sure she did, but that's a bigger name actress that probably didn't want to come back. (laughs) Um, That's true. So, um, yeah, they uh, that's what's her name. Um, It's Julie Benz. Julie Um, Benz from Dexter. Yeah. So she probably just did not have a reason to come back for this. Um, but um, yeah, so it's nice and it, it's good to just see some of that. It's also nice to think that some of those characters are probably finding some help in a, in a, you know, a support group like that. Um, I like seeing the boys from the opening there. They were in it uh, at the support group. The boys. Yes. Yeah. Killed the girl who was playing them both. Oh my god, the opening scene, uh, by the way, just like the most unnecessary saw trap of all time. It it makes no sense. It takes place in public, which like never happens for a saw trap and never happens again afterwards. Like it's so very unusual and outside the MO. And it has no effect on the plot of this film. Nope. And it hints at like the idea that, oh, Saw's going like public this time. He's going to be doing shit in public. But no, it's just this one trap. Yeah, I think there was. Again, so they could put it in the trailer and then not do anything else with it. Yes, but I think there probably was like at some point in the the scrapped two movie arc. I think the public thing probably plays out more. Yes. Because well, I think I mean, it, has, it has an obvious tie into the the Bobby angle of like his like publicizing this fake thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, if you look at both like the trailer that came after this and like all the poster art and stuff, there was clearly this idea that like saw uh, like Jigsaw and John Kramer and stuff is moving beyond just like this little insular circle. He's going global. He's like recruiting people to his way of thinking uh on a global scale and like building a movement and maybe we would have seen more of that if we'd gotten 
two movies out of these ones, but instead we just got the one. So that element was played down. Maybe I don't know. Right. I don't know where they would have gone with it. We can speculate till the cows come home. Uh, But as it is, what we got did not deliver on that concept. Unfortunately, no. What we do know is that those boys do end up being the other two pig face with Dr. Gordon at the end. Ooh, Ooh, that is, that is important. So they do, you know, they do get to do that. Um, I guess there's like a purpose to their being tested. Um, But we never really see the continuation of that arc either. So whatever, who cares? But um, (laughs) unfortunately this was where everything really ends with this one continuity of saw. Right. Um, So next we have the film jigsaw from 2017, which I think, took place that came out like seven years after saw seven we saw, saw seven, seven was 2010 20, right and yeah that sounds right um so uh, yeah this was seven years big gap there this was an attempt to reboot the franchise um not so successful but you know it did get the saw wheels moving so to speak and spiral from the book of saw is going to be coming out at some point in a in a in a normal world, we'd be seeing that come out very soon. I thought in a normal world it was already out. I think yeah, it was either August or September. I can't remember when, but um, yeah, it was sometime around now. But instead, this is what we have left. All we have left is Jigsaw 2017. Wow, that and was a really fucking bleak statement. All we have left. <laughs> all we have left is Jigsaw. Yeah, no, the original release date was May 2020. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was yeah, supposed it was to be a, a summer spring movie. release. Yeah. Wow, that would have been weird. We would we would have already seen it. We would have done this earlier. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, we wouldn't have done this because this is directly happening because of the, whatever uh, this is is very deranged. To be clear, and it's also um, because of the quarantine. Yeah. Is, this is this is the this is fully the product of a quarantine brain right here. Yes. Um. So yes, um, it is three forty in the morning right now. We it have in fact three forty in the morning. We have one film to go. We're gonna watch it. And we're gonna give you our thoughts, and then we're gonna go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> Maybe you are. <laughs> you can watch Rock of Ages after this if you want. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, I'm going to bed. All right. So with that, we'll see you when we've watched Jigsaw. We'll see you after Jigsaw. Let's get get some energy. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You woo, woo. Okay. <gasps> Gotta um give yourself the pep talk that they give in Saw Five. Um, Cream soda and when, she, when she's like, she's like, you're a monster. So are you. We both deserve to be here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're garbage people. We're both gonna die. We deserve it. Okay. <sighs> We deserve everything that's about to happen. Welcome, we deserve this. Welcome deserve to the this. chat. Okay. All right. Here we are. Finally, at long last, we have finished Jigsaw 2017. The it's last five, the last film in the series. It's 5.33 in the morning. It is 5.33 in the morning. We started this like 
12, 1230, somewhere around there. So we've been doing this for about 17 hours. Um, I got to say, things are extremely bleak right now. Yeah, I think you might be struggling slightly more than I am on the, the like emotional mental front. Um, I'm I've had a little more practice with this this summer. So <laughs> you you have see you've like I feel like yeah you've had the practice of watching like a whole series all the way through, and like, some of them have been many hours unique, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre like yeah did all of that in one day. So I mean yeah. I've I've done similarly uh, challenging watches in my time, but um, not so much recently. So this is definitely a, a particularly challenging watch. It this is a, we're in a, a grim world. A new mo- yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of light in the saw world. We've been living in bleakness the entire time for seven. Like we've been hours living in that. like grime and bleakness. And squalor, yeah, pig guts, so and, much pig guts, and blood, lots of blood. Let's be, let's be, yeah. And it especially doesn't help when we move into up. like, yeah, we move into installments that are not as much fun and are just kind of bland and unexciting, and also dark. So it's like, how am I gonna? keep my spirits up through this it's very difficult oh it's it's difficult we did it though well maybe we didn't keep our spirits up but we got through it Um, (laughs) we made it through it that is we have completed the challenge technically the challenge we have completed the challenge that we set upon ourselves and i respect that for us um we're here we did jigsaw 2017 we watched laser pointers kill a man we watched um the the grain trap the grain silo <laughs> fucking grain trap which um, still makes no sense like we still no, have no explanation for how all the various implements that fly out once all the grain has come down how that actually happens we don't yes, know that and, and they fly out at like like these people are trapped in the grain they can't move and then pitchforks and saw blades start flying down and then a little bit later they start flying down at a much faster rate they're just like totally flying out and there's no indication of what the mechanism by which these things are flying around and it's right. very bizarre there's so much shit that goes completely unexplained in this film um and what makes it stranger is the fact that ultimately we find out that this is supposed most of this film is supposed to take place before all the events of all the other saw movies so it's like you know, before Jigsaw really figures anything out, he launches this super technical trap that has things like saw blades that can sense when a slightest amount of blood touches them and <laughs> just like ridiculous shit like that that literally makes no sense other than just magical thinking propelling it all the way along. Right. It literally is. I don't see how half of this stuff is possible. It doesn't. None of it makes any sense. We've got like the whole thing is like super advanced and it's apparently happened before the Dr. Gordon stuff, you know, like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. And 
You know, I don't necessarily like the whole looping in of another, yet another protege who supposedly precedes all the other ones. Um, he wasn't really, it seems that he wasn't really, so the, the, the new protege, what's his name? Um, God, what's his name? Do you, what's his, what's this man's name? Speak for the dead man. That's yeah. well, that's <laughs> a, he speaks for the dead. But like, the thing is like, he was a victim of this game the first time around. Right. And, and he got saved by Jigsaw because Logan, Jigsaw, Logan, Logan was only in there because Jigsaw knew that Logan was an orderly or whatever who mixed up his X-rays. Yeah. At and like, you know, that's a ridiculous reason to put somebody in a trap. That was so, his crime was mixing um, up an X-ray. So, but then also like even after, so first of all, Jigsaw considered that crime big enough to put someone in a trap and risk their life. But then later, like right before the guy was about to die, decided, oh, wait, his crime's not that big. I should save him. And then actually made him his protege after all that. Which, by the way, is a ridiculous thing. He's like, oh, I put you in this trap because uh, I thought you deserved to die because you um, mixed up my x-rays. Oh, wait, never mind. I don't think so. But by the way, do you want to help me murder people? And this guy <laughs> was like, yeah, sure. That seems like a... Absolutely. First, let me go to Fallujah and get tortured there. So yeah, I there's can There's a lot of references back. to Fallujah and the torture there. I'm my glad. personal favorite of the references to Fallujah is when this man, Logan, who is now working as like a medical examiner performing autopsies, is like uh, examining a body and is like, this was a, uh, what, what, what's the, the, I don't, hydrochloric acid? Is that hydrofluoric, what it is? I think. Hydro, hydrofluoric acid. He's like, this is hydrofluoric acid, whatever. It's some sort of acid. And it's a very common one that everybody would recognize when they hear it. And, um, and the, this other guy's like, how do you know that? How, how would you know that? And it's like, well, he is a medical examiner who performs <laughs> autopsies. Like I would hope he would know that. Like that's kind of his job in this situation. Yes, but it's just like this weird thing where like we're supposed to be suspicious of everyone, and sometimes it's for the most ridiculous reasons, like a man knowing an acid and how it eats away at a body when that is literally what he does for a living. Yeah, so Granted, like ultimately, in this case, he is the killer, but you know, right? So <laughs> like ultimately, we should have been suspicious for him, but all the clues we they gave towards him were like, okay, but if he was actually a medical examiner, this would be a reasonable thing for him to know or whatever. Right. And like the other person that they try to draw us towards, who's like his assistant or whatever, who's the big saw aficionado. Um, there's really not a lot that actually ties her to any of the crimes other than she clearly has a big affinity for Jigsaw. Which also is very strange, like the fact that she has like an entire studio devoted to S Jigsaw with like recreations of all of his greatest traps and stuff. She like, she had, yeah, and it's like weird. Like, it's really fucking weird that she does that. And then it's really fucking weird that there's one trap in there that's like, no one's ever seen this one performed before, but rumor has it. The plans existed, so I got them. And rumor has it maybe he did it. Maybe he used this once. Yeah. And it's like, how is there like a secret jigsaw trap? Like this is like the forbidden jigsaw trap, which all of them <laughs> should be forbidden. But like this is like <laughs> ultra forbidden jigsaw trap. So like you know, people died, but we like we kept it low key so that nobody actually knew how it happened. 
Like, it's also the what? Most, yeah, first like what happened to the bodies from this first game anyway? Like why didn't nobody uh, ever find them and learn about this game? I just also, hate I hate the whole twist from this thing so fucking much where it's like, oh yes, the bodies like are the result of somebody trying to literally recreate a whole series of murders that happened more than ten years ago. Just no. It's ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. It's so absurd. I don't know why this is the plot that they landed on for this one. It's very um, silly. It's very silly. It's like they, they couldn't land somewhere between we should start over completely and we should recycle stuff for the last one. So they kind of did both. And it's not a great combination. It's just, ugh. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I it's do think so, you have slightly more negative feelings on it than I do, but yeah, I, I don't love it. That's for sure. It's so tough. I mean, like, like, there's no parts of it that I really even find enjoyable. It, like, all the trap parts and everything just feel more surreal and unbelievable than, like, fun or anything. I've spoken about how I don't like Saw 7 very much either, but at least parts of that are fun, and they still fit into the whole mythos. And even though there's like stupid traps that don't make a lot of sense and that are over the top, they still feel like something that would actually be built by Jigsaw. And this one, it just goes so far as to feel absurd. Like it doesn't even feel like they're building traps at certain points. It just feels like there's like doing magic. Like, Ooh, we've got a saw blade that can magically sense when blood is on it. Like what sort of fucking sense does that make? And we've got like a trap that can be deactivated when people confess their sins. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything, you know? In the in the fucking in the world of Saw, like things happen when people take action and like mutilate themselves willingly or like do something to someone else. In the in the world of this movie, it's like the the machines can sense your intuition and your meaning behind what you're doing. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Zero sense. I mean, and that's one of the reasons this movie was not a huge success. It like, it just doesn't feel like saw half the time. Like there's no, it feels completely disconnected from the rest of saw. And I mean, a part of it, it was supposed to, it's supposed to be like a spinoff, but like it really, it's like, it doesn't feel like the same universe at all. Right. And like, and, and I'm, I'm totally prepared to accept a film that like tries to spin off into a different universe. I just like you gotta you gotta keep some semblance of what made the series work originally. Yes, and also just and like not be ridiculous. Not like, be totally illogical either. Yeah, like, like some of it is just like I mean, let's be real, the the first seven are also very illogical, but these ones yeah. are a different kind of illogical. So. Yeah. I mean, just because something makes no sense doesn't mean that it couldn't happen in real life versus like a blood sensing saw blade. Yeah, there's just... a blood sensing saw blade. <laughs> and some of it is just like silly. Like there's a trap that's the the spinning cyclone blades with the motorcycle. Like that's like, why are we even here? Like there's no reason. Like that's ridiculous. It's super on the nose for a character whose like mortal sin was like selling a bike to a kid that he knew was going to kill the kid like oh yes but it was john kramer's nephew and he was very devoted to that kid apparently john kramer 
is very devoted to everybody who's in his life. Um, and he never lets any of it go. Uh, he like he never lets bygones be bygones no he's like the king of like not letting things go even though half of his victims are people who he's like you need to learn to let the past go and, um, <laughs> except for me I will never let the past go I will never let the past go I will I'm the that's ultimate grudge holder um, that's like literally what his like work is all about yeah, um, yeah so th- yeah this movie is not great and it's a it's a unfortunate sour note to end the marathon on because uh, it's like this weird doesn't feel like Saul entry. It's tough. You know, I mean, I remember seeing it in theaters when it came out and not being like super disappointed by it, but I do feel like the more you see it, especially in context with the other films, it's really rough. Yeah. I mean, it um, is, it's super jarring after having literally just watched the first seven, like, noticing how different it is Um, you know even even seeing the bad installments in the like the first seven films they still feel like they fit in this one does not so i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do with spiral from the book of saw i feel like just having seen the trailers that it's moving in a much better direction than we've seen with uh jigsaw here jigsaw 2017 it definitely is yeah i hope anyway i'm i'm hopeful for i i have positive feelings towards it i'm hoping it's gonna be good um i've got an open mind i'm waiting for it to come out it's unfortunate we did not get to see it this year but we've got to wait till may um i'm excited whenever it comes out i'll be there whatever tomorrow brings (laughs) I'll be there. Open Um, arms, open eyes. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, whatever tomorrow brings, I won't be there. I'll be in bed. It appears that the sun has started rising. Um, I would not be surprised. There's there's light here. The light is is coming. Quarter Um, of six right now. So we truly need to go to bed, but we would like to wish you all a happy saw day. <laughs> what the I don't, fuck is Saw Day? I don't know what I'm, I I have literally no idea what I'm saying at this point. Um, You're delirious. Yes, yeah, our mental st- our mental state is definitely deteriorating. We would like to state the fact that we have completed this challenge that we set out to complete. We um, finished it, and we're going to bed. The sun is rising. The sun is rising. That's all it is. This is a metaphor for our journey out of the universe of Saw. And with this, we say goodbye for we say goodbye to Saw for now. Oh, oh this was we say goodbye, Jigsaw. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, help me! Um, all right, know, uh, what? So I with that, don't know what to do. Um, we'll wish you a good night and um, keep watching those movies. But like, don't watch eight of them in a row. Please don't. Well, you don't have to. Like, it's fine if you don't. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. Game over. <laughs> I speak for the dead. I speak for the dead. <laughs> I speak for the dead. He doesn't really have that rasp. You gotta do like a firmer. Like, I speak for the dead. I speak for the dead. Um, I didn't like hear like high pitched take on his voice. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh.